was revealed to us. We declare to you what we have seen and heard so that you also may have fellowship with us. And truly, our fellowship is with the Father and with his Son, Jesus Christ. We are writing these things so that our joy may be complete. This is the message we have heard from him and proclaim to you, that God is light and in him there is no darkness at all. If we say that we have fellowship with him while we are walking in darkness, we lie and do not do what is true. But if we walk in the light as he himself is in the light, we have fellowship with one another. And the blood of Jesus his son cleanses us from all sin. If we say that we have no sin, we deceive ourselves, and the truth is not in us. If we confess our sins, he who is faithful and just will forgive us our sins and cleanse us from all unrighteousness. If we say that we have not sinned, we make him a liar, and his word is not in us. My little children, I am writing these things to you so that you may not sin. But if anyone does sin, we have an advocate with the Father, Jesus Christ the righteous. And he is the atoning sacrifice for our sins. And not for ours only, but for also for the sins of the whole world. And the second reading is from the Gospel of John. And can be found on page 90 in the New, section, New Testament section of the Church Bibles. It's John 3. Verses 16 to 21. For God so loved the world that he gave his only Son, so that everyone who believes in him may not perish, but may have eternal life. Indeed, God did not send the Son into the world to condemn the world, but in order that the world might be saved through him. Those who believe in him are not condemned, but those who do not believe are condemned already because they have not believed in the name of the only Son of God. And this is the judgment, that the light has come into the world, and people loved darkness rather than light because their deeds were evil. For all who do evil hate the light and do not come to the light, so that their deeds may not be exposed. But those who do what is true come to the light, so that it may be clearly seen that their deeds have been done in God. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks. Diana, thank you very much indeed. A very good morning to you. I don't know how long you can keep saying a happy new year, but a happy new year to you. It's lovely especially to see new faces here as well. Let's pray together. May God, who said, let light shine in the darkness bring light and life and love to our hearts and lives this day. In Jesus' name, amen. So Cam has mentioned the potential challenges of January. I wonder if anyone knows what tomorrow is called. It's a new term coined recently. Does anyone know? It is Blue January or Blue Monday. The name given for the third Monday in January, supposedly the deepest and darkest and most troublesome day in the whole year. That's tomorrow. 
Today, we begin a new series, though, in this season of Epiphany, this season when the church remembers and celebrates that God is light. And we begin this new series, as Cam said, 1 John, and we hear these words, 1 John 1, verse 5. This is the message we have heard from him and proclaim to you that God is light. And in him there is no darkness at all. We're on page 236 if you want to look along and be with us. This sense of God is light is one of the great themes of the Bible. I mean, look around the church. You can see the lights through the new windows there. If you can see this way, you can see the light shining through a beautiful winter's sunny summer morning. God is light is the first words that God says, isn't it, in Genesis? Let there be light. And there was life. And God says in our hearts and lives, if we know him today, God at some point in our lives has said to us, let there be light and spiritual life, new life, has been born in us. And so today I want us to dwell on this metaphor in verse 5, God is light, to see what it means for our lives. What does it mean that God is light? And to put it another way, this letter of 1 John, it's a series of sort of tests, not tests where you might fail, but tests so that you pass, so that you know that you're a Christian. How do you know today that you're a Christian? Or if you're looking into faith and trying to work it out for yourself and thinking what you believe, how do you know if you have become a Christian? How might you tell? How would you know? Well, John's going to give us two things today. One about witnesses to the light, that we've believed in them. They've said to us, we've seen the light. And the other one is, the other way we can know that we're Christians is that we walk in the light. And we're going to look at those together and see what they say. So, first of all, God is light. And Christians are people who believe in the light. Believe those who've told us, we've seen the light. Now, over... Christmas time, Rebecca and I and Rosanna, we went away to see some family, uh, we went on a plane, and I saw two relatively famous politicians. Now in this moment, you have to decide whether or not you'll believe me or not. Um, but that's what I'm telling you, I saw them. Uh, I saw one gentleman with his family in the packing area, you know when you have to get everything out, your belt, your shoes, your glasses, your wallet, your watch, and we saw him, we didn't touch him, Rebecca almost kissed him later, but that's another story. <laughs> and it was when he spoke and we heard his words that we both said to each other, that's Ed Miliband. And on the way home, on our flight, I was sitting with Rebecca, Rosanna was on my knee, and there was the aisle, and then just to make the political spectrum even, there was a conservative politician standing just the other side of the aisle. We didn't touch him this time. Rebecca didn't almost kiss him this time. And yet it was when he spoke to us that we both turned to each other and said, that's definitely Michael Gove. There we are. It's Sheffield and Labour Heartland. I don't know. I'll leave you to decide. We won't go any more into politics today. But I saw those two people. Now you have to decide whether it's true or not. It's true. It really happened. Uh, it's really, you could talk to Rebecca. Rosanna won't remember it. But it really happened. But today... Um, a far greater seeing, a far greater appearance, 
And John can't help but say it in all sorts of ways. Did you hear it? Have a look if you've got it in front of you. Page 236. He says, verse 1, we declare to you what was from the beginning, what we heard. And then verse 3, we declare to you what we have seen and heard. He says he's heard it. He says he's seen it. He says, verse 1, what we have seen with our eyes, what we have looked at and touched with our hands concerning the word of life. John is basically saying, we've seen it, we've seen it, we've seen it, we've heard it, we've heard it, we've even touched it. Do you remember the side of Jesus when he was resurrected? It really happened. These witnesses are saying, we really saw him when I heard it was the voice of Ed Miliband, I knew it was Ed Miliband. When I heard the voice of Michael Gove, I knew it was Michael Gove. When they heard the voice of God in human form, Jesus of Nazareth, the one who is God, they realized it was God. And they say he has been revealed. Verse 2, this life was revealed and we have seen it and we testify it. John's one of those people, if you've met them, he says the same thing again and again and again. Do you get the message? He saw it, he saw it, he saw it. He touched it, he heard it, he heard it. Now why does he tell us that? Why does he make a point of that for the first audience for us today? So that we know it really, really happened. Do you ever have those moments of doubt? If you're a Christian, did it really happen? Can I really believe it? Are you looking into faith and wondering, is it really true? John says, we saw it. We heard it. It really happened. You might have been here last week when Stefan Slowinski gave a brilliant interview about Alpha. Stefan's an exceptionally clever man. He wouldn't stand up here and tell you that, but I can tell you that. And he was saying, before he came on Alpha, he was actually beginning to read and explore the Bible for himself, the life of Jesus. And he began to realize, actually, it's true. This isn't a once upon a time in a fairy tale sort of story. This is then and there, at this time and at this place, with this person who we saw and we heard and we touched. Now, I think as a society, Christians are squeezed into thinking our truth is true for us and nice for us, but not for anyone else. And it's actually hard to say, no, no, this is true for everyone. But you see what this means. If God really has stepped into our world, if Jesus Christ really is God and came to bring the light of God to us, then this is for everyone. C.S. Lewis said, Christianity, if false, is of no importance. And if true, is of infinite importance. The only thing it cannot be is moderately important. Do you see what this means? Do you see the reassurance this is for you if you're a Christian today? It really happened. You can base your life on the life and death of Jesus Christ. And I was a history teacher once. And so I like history, but you might not enjoy history. But do you see the, re the reason John writes all of this? What's the purpose? Have a listen, have a look. Verse 3, we declare to you what we have seen and heard, so that you also may have fellowship with us. And truly our fellowship is with the Father and with his Son, Jesus Christ. We are writing these things so that our joy may be complete. The reason John writes it, the reason John says we have seen it, is that we can have fellowship. In other words, we can know, we can have partnership with, we can have a share in the life of God. We can know Jesus Christ. We can know the God who was from the beginning and who has made us and who has come, as that most famous verse says that Diana read to us, 
who so loved the world that he gave his only son, that whoever, you and I, anyone in this world who believes in him may have eternal life. And you see what's offered to us, verse 4. We are writing these things so that our joy, your joy, may be complete. What is on offer in knowing God is infinite and eternal life. Infinite and eternal joy. And some of us have all sorts of questions. We have doubts. We're not sure what we think. And so let me encourage you. You might know what's coming if you've been here a few weeks. Alpha begins tomorrow night. Glass of wine, dinner, discussion, film, chance to explore with others at 7.30 and then on, on Thursday mornings, 9.30 with creche. No wine. But why don't you come and think for yourself or bring a friend? It really happened. We have seen him, says John. And so that's how we can know today that you are a Christian. Have you believed in the witness of those who said, we have seen? Do you know today something of that joy and life? Because we know God. And then secondly, we know we are Christians because we walk in the light. We walk in the light. When I used to work at another church, I worked a lot with the young people and the children, and there was a particular talk that my boss always gave, and I always had to give the illustration. And the story went like this. Are you a moth or a woodlouse when it comes to the light? And this is what would happen. Joe, my friend, would have a big torch, and then I was the moth or the woodlouse, and you tell me what happens. If I was a moth, what would I do? I'd go to the light. And if I was a woodlouse, what would I do? I would, I would hide. So if God is light, Christians are those who are moths. You probably didn't think at church today you would be told you are a moth or like a moth, but it's true, I'm like a moth. Because we've had confession, haven't we? To be a Christian, and you know you're a Christian, if you come into the light... And have a listen to these verses. Verse 5. This is the message we have heard from him and proclaim to you that God is light and in him there is no darkness at all. God is light. There's the positive. Here's the negative. In fact, in the Greek, it's a double negative. There is no darkness. No, not one bit. And again, Christians, as we know God, we get to know this more and more. There's no darkness in God. There's no hidden depths to his personality that's twisted and deformed and selfish. There's nothing within him that is dark. There's no shadows. There's no skeletons with God. And so when we know this, when we know what God's like, we come into the light. People are those who come into the light. And so as Christians, what we do is we don't say, oh, this doesn't matter. The rest of this section, John is thinking about how Christians walk in the light and how they deal with sin. So Christians don't say, oh, it doesn't matter. Christians don't say, oh, I can do what I like. Because, have a listen, verse 6, if we say that we have fellowship with him while we are walking in darkness, we lie and do not do what is true. Christians, says John, they're not people who say one thing and do the other. Do you know those people, those hypocrites? They're one thing at one moment and something else another time. 
John says we're not to be people and Christians who are just Christians for one moment on a Sunday and then the rest of the week we do what we want. We're not to be people who are one day Christians and then six days as we wish. John says if we say that we have fellowship with him while we walk in darkness, we lie. Now this idea of walking, I don't know who likes walking. Our vicar in the Fondo has said he's got problems with his knees. He's struggling to, to do the walking. But the Christian life is a walk. It's a habit. It's a lifestyle. And John is saying there is a habit and lifestyle of walking and walking and walking in the light. Remember the moth. We go towards the light. And when we fail, and we do, each and every day, we've thought about that in confession, what do we do? Well, we remember verse 7. Listen to these words. It's extraordinary. If we walk in the light as he himself is in the light, we have fellowship with one another. And the blood of Jesus cleanses us from all sin. We know we walk in the light if we don't hide, if we don't cover up. I don't know about you, but isn't it a relief and extraordinary that everything about us that we're most ashamed of, everything about myself that I dare never tell you, God sees, God knows, and God still loves us the simple but profound truth of Christianity isn't it? We don't sort of hide and cover up to be accepted by God we come into the light and there realize that, what does it say? Jesus has cleansed us now I'm no biologist, Rebecca, my wife is a biology teacher, but I've learnt this week that the blood of Jesus cleanses us present tense today and apparently our bodies are cleansed in this way by a combination of our liver and our physical blood continually cleansing us physically. Happens all the time. We don't even realize it. Present, 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 all the time. Now, now, now. John is saying that Jesus and his blood, his death, cleanses you and I. And so be like a moth. Run to the light. Come to the light. He knows. He sees. You can't hide from God. And so come and experience more of his forgiveness and love and light. That's how we know we're a Christian. And the second test, if the first one is saying, how I live doesn't matter, I can do what I want. He's like, no, no, John says, no, no, that's not how we're to live. We're people of the light. The second test is in verse 8. Cam's read these words already. I don't think we're tempted to do this, but we might be sometimes to say, I'm not a sinner. I don't sin. There's an old story of someone in a church saying that to the vicar, and then the vicar saying, oh, come round for tea. And the vicar whacks him on the face. And the reaction shows, and the vicar says, I think you're still a sinner. Now, here, verse 8, if we say that we have no sin, we deceive ourselves, and the truth is not in us. If we say that we have not sinned, verse 10, we make him a liar and his word is not in us. Now I think many in our world, despite this being so obvious, and in fact many in our church, we try not to say this is true. We try to pretend we're not sinners or our nature isn't fallen. Maybe we don't say that, but for some of us perhaps we blame our circumstances our psychology, our upbringing, 
and we point the blame for our behavior and actions on that rather than on us. But Christians are people for whom the light has dawned. Of course we're sinners. (laughs) Of course we sin. And then we know the forgiveness of God. And in fact, the more you walk on in the light, something strange happens. I wonder if you know this and experience this. The more you walk in the light, the more you realize the darkness in your life. It's a bit depressing. But the more you do, don't hide from the light. Run to the light again and know that for yourself. Know that light that banishes and changes and cleanses and forgives your darkness. I think for me it's one of the beautiful things about the Christian community. We are honest. We know the truth in ourselves. We know the need we have for light. And this is why confession matters, why it's important, why we do it every week. Verse 8, if we say that we have no sin, we deceive ourselves and the truth is not in us. Verse 9, if we confess our sins, he who is faithful and just will forgive us our sins and cleanse us from all unrighteousness. I was really hoping not to have an illustration of my daughter today. (laughs) She comes up most weeks. I couldn't help it when I saw her again this week. She does something wrong. She's asked to say sorry in Makaton, child uh, sort of um, actions. This is the language for sorry. She does something wrong. We say, Rosanna, say sorry. She goes and hides in the corner. (laughs) I said to my family over Christmas, she's not very good at saying sorry. My mother-in-law said she's not the only one. Christians are people who run to the light. Rosanna hasn't been taught the sort of shame and guilt of doing things wrong. She she just sort of knows it at 22 months old. You might be 22, you might be 82, but we know that experience, don't we? And so what are we to do? Come back to the passage. What do we read? If we confess our sins, verse 9, he who is faithful and just will forgive us our sins. Promise. Promise from God for you. He will forgive us our sins and what? Cleanse us from all. Do you see the alls in the passage? There's no darkness in God at all, verse 5. Verse 9, he will cleanse us from all unrighteousness. Verse 7, he will cleanse us from all sin. Some of us find it hard to say sorry and ask for forgiveness from God. And yet, of course, some of us find it hard to receive that forgiveness. Some of us, we hold on to things for years and years and years. So you need to hear this day, this message from the God who is light, who says to you, verse 9, you are cleansed. You are forgiven from all your sins. I was speaking to someone in this church who said it took them 40 years to find the promise that says, as far as the east is from the west, that is how far God has removed our sins from us. God, the one who is all-knowing, all-seeing, has a worse memory than you and than I. He remembers our sins no more. They are cleansed and they are forgiven. And so be like a moth. Run to the light. That's how we know we're in the light. We walk in the light. We run to the light. And so when you fail, when I fail, the hardest thing to do, it is hard, isn't it? Is to realize God is for us. 
I don't have to wallow here. I can return to him. I can go back to the light. I can confess my sins and know his cleansing and his forgiveness. That's what children do. They are loved children. And when they fail, what do they do? They go back to their heavenly father and say, I am sorry. And I mean with Rosanna, we've forgiven her before she even says it. When she doesn't say it, we've still forgiven her. How much more, how much more, how much more with our heavenly father who forgives us and cleanses us? And John concludes this section by being an extraordinary pastor, an extraordinary minister. Do you see what he says, verse 1 of chapter 2? My little children, I'm writing these things to you so that you may not sin. That's the aim. Not that you will not sin, but that you may not sin. That you walk in the light. That the habit and lifestyle of your life, more and more, is like God. But then he says... If anyone does sin, we have an advocate with the Father, Jesus Christ the righteous. My spiritual director, one of his great phrases is that Christians never excuse sin, but Christians are never surprised by sin. Never excuse it, but never surprised by it. John says, I write this so that you may not sin, but if you do. And do you notice the language again? He, he includes himself in this. The great follower of Jesus Christ, the great friend of Jesus Christ, John himself, who wrote the Gospel of John. He includes himself. If anyone does sin, we, we have an advocate with the Father. To be an advocate is to be a defense lawyer. It's to be a barrister. It's to plead the cause for someone else who is in the dock. And that is what Jesus Christ is and does for us. Jesus Christ, the one who is fully human, the one who is without sin, he pleads our cause. He pleads our cause to the Father. He pleads our cause before the Father of lies. Satan, who accuses us, who says, you've done that. You can't go back to God. Jesus pleads for us. And before we ever come back to God, before we ever talk to God, before we ever pray to God for forgiveness, Jesus is interceding for us. He is praying for us. He is pleading for us. He is our defense lawyer. Before the throne of God above, I have a strong and perfect plea. A great high priest whose name is love whoever lives and pleads for me. That's what Jesus is doing right now in heaven. He is pleading for you and for I, for his children, that we will know his love and his forgiveness. He's the advocate and finally, he's the atoning sacrifice. He is the one who has come and paid the penalty. He has been in our place. He has taken our judgment and our punishment. And so there is no punishment, no penalty, no judgment left for us to have. Only the welcome, the love, the embrace of a father who says, I am the light. Walk in the light with me. When Satan tempts me to despair and tells me of the guilt within, upward I look and see him there who made an end to all my sin. Because the sinless Saviour died, my sinful soul is counted free. 
For God the just is satisfied to look on him and pardon me. Christians are those who know that God is light. Who believe that message that has said from the apostles, we have seen the light. And Christians are those who bit by bit, slowly but surely, walk in the light. And know that whatever their darkness, the light of the world has come for them. And so let us pray. Light of the world, you stepped down into darkness, opened, the word, the, the, opened my eyes, let me see. May the God who said, let light shine in the darkness, shine in our hearts and lives, that we may walk and live as children of the light. In Jesus' name.